You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Daily And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Let's do it. It's our three on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM on a Thursday. Good morning to you as we are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up in the next hour, we will look at our preseason picks in the NFC and how they're doing at the midway point of the season. Then at 8.20, it is another weekend of glorious college football. We will bring in our guy Chris Mack for his favorite plays on the card. Our best bets come your way at 8.45. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Daily Tip MGM and BetQL app. Chelsea, remember I was telling you when I took an Uber out to Commander's Park on Monday and I was talking to that guy who was the driver and he used to be a bookie. During that conversation, he also revealed a conspiracy theory in the NFL. And it has to do, and I looked it up and he's not wrong. So it's interesting. So, you know, every year, they have the Super Bowl logo. Now, two things. First of all, this is one thing I hate with a capital H when it comes to the NFL. They used to, when it comes to Super Bowl logos, they used to be designed by artists and they were very city specific to whatever city was hosting the Super Bowl. They were really cool. Like every single logo was different. Now, it's the same single logo every year. They just make they make the logo a different color. They add a Roman numeral. Well, if you look at the past two Super Bowls, right? So a couple years ago, we had Bengals Rams. If you look at the Super Bowl logo, the colors of the logo match the teams in the Super Bowl. And this logo is released before the season. So two years ago, oh, look. It's orange-yellow. We get Bengals-Rams. Last year, logo was released before the season. It's green and red. Hmm. Eagles-Chiefs. This year, it's purple and red, as in Ravens-49ers. And guess which team looks great in the AFC? The Ravens. Guess which team could absolutely win it in the NFC? The Niners. So I actually put a sprinkle on matches but could be the falcons i don't think so there buddy i actually put a sprinkle on ravens niners to meet in the super bowl just because of this dumb theory but i will say 
I'm not making up these colors or seeing a color where it really isn't there. Do you believe in this conspiracy theory? Well, you've got me hooked. I'm definitely Googling it as you speak. You don't think it's yep. going to be the Vikings and the Chiefs? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> purple is very telling, right? Because there's not yes. that many purple teams that are in contention. In fact, there is just one because red can mean a lot of things. But you're right. Like, it does look like that. Let's look at last year's. Um, I'm telling you. It's green. See. Is it green like pure red. green? Or why can't I find this? There's a Kelly green. They have different types of colors, but they're all within the same hue. So there's green, and then there's a darker Kelly green patch, and the same thing with the red, where it's mostly red, but then there's definitely more of a deep, traditional red. I wonder yeah, if it's I see all it. rigged. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So is yeah. this enough for you to place like a small wager on the 49ers and the Ravens? Like, I, I think I'm convinced because what's the yeah. payout there? It has to be pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Why not? I, I forget what the odds were. I definitely put a sprinkle on it. I'm like, yeah, why not? Because picking an exact matchup in the Super Bowl will give you crazy odds, even if you're talking about two good teams, because it's so difficult to predict, especially this early in the season. I mean, it is early when you're talking about when the Super Bowl is. We're at the midway point. Also, good buy low spot on San Francisco. Yeah, I put a sprinkle on it based on what my Uber driver told me, and I kind of buy into it. We're sounding crazy, aren't we? But uh, yes. how predictable and how, because people love to say that the NFL is rigged. And sometimes mm -hmm. you see the refereeing and you're like, hmm, maybe they have a point. But right. you can't predict some of these injuries. And sports is so volatile. Like, isn't that why we love watching sports? Because it feels like it is very unpredictable. So mm -hmm. maybe they can get, like, say that there is some level of collusion. I'm not saying there is, but let's just play the game for right. a second. Okay. Even if there is some level of collusion where a certain team is getting the calls, they still have to be in the game for those calls to be like the turning point. You get what I'm saying? So it just yes. has to be a base level to where, I don't know. I don't know how much you can rig a game if you had the option. Because I would say, even if you wanted to rig a game, it would be very difficult to do for people who are not in on it. Like if they're going along with this gag where they say, here's the right. NFL script and everybody's involved in it. But I would think that's probably not the case because somebody would have talked by now, right? Maybe. The NFL is a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar organization. You give somebody a few hundos, a few hundred. You can a few thousands. hundred dollars to keep a <laughs> billion-dollar secret. Great hey, deal. Michael. It's like the Louisiana Purchase. Raj Goodell here. <laughs> I, I know you found out our secret. How do you feel about two crisp $100 bills? Oh, I'm in, Roger. A gift card to Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Kohl's? <laughs> Ravens 49ers right now is 18 to 1 to meet in the Super Bowl. Chelsea, you just got to do it on principle. And we got to save this because, by God, if the Ravens and Niners meet in the Super Bowl, this is going to be something. Imagine midseason you're calling this out. Yeah. How long has this trend gone on? Like, we've done, like, what, the past few years? How long has it been a thing? Do we know? I, this, I don't know. I'll look up my Uber driver and see if I can contact him <laughs> via the app and find out if hey, he has any more inside information. 
with hey, all this information. He seemed totally convinced. And he knew what he was talking about when he was talking about sports betting. He used to be a bookmaker. And you're talking to a bookmaker. I mean, this guy certainly has seen the ins and outs of how money moves and things that might be manipulated as far as point totals, whatever. Just something to keep in mind. I'm putting a sprinkle on it. Chelsea, let's talk about our preseason NFL picks in the NFC. You had Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Saints to win the division, Falcons, Lions, Commanders for the wild card, and the Eagles to win the NFC title. I had Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Saints for the division titles, Commanders, Seahawks, Lions for the wild card, and Eagles to win the NFC title. So thus far, we're looking pretty good. Yeah, even though the season is not over. And so I have learned something from being in the betting world is that you do not parade around and victory lap your picks until the final buzzer mm -hmm. sounds. So, yes, some of these picks are looking pretty solid right now, although Minnesota is not looking like a good one. It did not help that Kirk Cousins went down, but still it does look like Detroit is going to be the class of that division. I think the one that we're all going to have to wait on is probably the NFC South. Let's pull up these mm -hmm. standings because it feels like this is very much anybody's division. Right now it is the yeah. Saints leading the charge five and four. Falcons not far behind at four and five. The Bucks at three and five. And the Panthers, good God, they're way out of it. They are one and seven. Uh, so I do think it's probably going to be the Saints, but I don't feel mm -hmm. very comfortable with that pick. Like of all my picks to win the division, Obviously, Minnesota is probably going to be a loser, but I have New Orleans, but I don't feel like I can victory lap that one. Not even close just yet. Also, I got to give credit to Double D here. He had Eagles, Niners, Lions, Saints leading the division. So right now he is four for four. And Bill, Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings, Saints, Eagles, Lions, Niners, so as far as playoff teams go, he's gone seven for seven. A lot can change, but that's impressive early on. What team do you think has been the biggest disappointment? Doesn't have to be a team that you picked or that you didn't pick. Just any team in the NFC that you think has been a huge letdown. Hmm. The biggest letdown in the NFC. Let's look at some of these standings. Uh, maybe the Seahawks. Didn't it feel like maybe it was a team that was going to turn a corner yeah. after last year's massive surprise? Like, I think you see teams like that and you kind of say to yourself, okay, the magic is going to run out at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the case for the Seahawks. They just don't feel like a super trustworthy team. Like, I always mm -hmm. see them laying points. I'm like, huh, the Seahawks at home. Maybe I should take that bet. But it never yeah. feels like a safe one, even though right now they're tied with the 49ers at five and three, even though it doesn't feel like it. Doesn't it feel like those two teams are kind of worlds apart, even though the Niners are on a losing streak? But I was honestly shocked. I did not know that the Niners and Seahawks right now are tied at five and three. It's kind of crazy. That's why I'm talking about great buy low spot on San Francisco. If you like the Niners and I like the Niners, I think they're too good to be mired in this little mini losing streak for too long. And certainly they signed Chase Young or traded for him, which I think is smart. They're going to get even better on the defensive line. But the team that is the biggest disappointment to me is the Giants. And it's not like I had massive expectations for them. They went 9-7-1 and one last year. You think, okay, 
They signed Daniel Jones. There was all that back and forth. Is Saquon going to come into the fold? Is he going to take the franchise tag or not? He finally does. So now they've got at least their two key pieces back on offense, and maybe they can show some semblance of improvement. And instead, they've got Tommy DeVito. Tommy, hey, forget about it, Tommy. I mean, they're awful. They cannot move the football at all. They're worse. They're miles worse than the commanders and the commanders have struggled this season like everything for the giants has gone wrong and now daniel jones is out again tyrod taylor is out so are going tommy devito and they already couldn't move the football just what a bad year for the new york giants well i think a lot of people probably predicted some sort of downturn for the giants because think of all the close games that they won last year And then we saw who they really were when it came to the postseason, and they got absolutely smoked. So I think a lot of people thought they were going to be bad, but did people think they were going to be this bad? I don't think so. When you say they are the biggest disappointment in the league or like in the NFC, I don't think they need any qualifiers. You just say New York Giants, biggest disappointment. Like that's all you have to say. Um, It doesn't even matter how low the expectations were. My God, have they exceeded them in the worst of ways. So you're absolutely spot on with the New York Giants. I don't know if they're going to get better, but man, did you expect them to be the worst team in the league this year? I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be the Cardinals. That's what I mean. It's all relative. So when you say biggest Mm -hmm. disappointment, it's not like I thought the Giants were a playoff contender, but did I expect them to scrape the bottom of the barrel and to have – just no juice on offense no not at all they're completely lost and here's the thing the thing about the giants is that their season is over like they're already playing for nothing and the fact that they are 16 and a half point underdogs in an nfl game i know the cowboys are monsters at home the cowboys are a very good team but that is a ridiculous line in the nfl ridiculous but it goes to show how bad they are Well, the Cowboys have laid some massive numbers already Mm -hmm. in the NFL this season, and they've covered them. I will say, going back to predictions, the Cardinals, remember that win total before the season? I think it was like five and a half, maybe. And then we saw a ton of money hit the under. Right now, the Cardinals have one singular win. They're one and eight. It feels like a bet that should come home, but when the number's that low, like you do feel a little nervous. But I do... Stand by my projection that the Cardinals could be the worst team in the NFL, even though it just feels like the Giants are more disappointing. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. We're not. Yeah, I'm not even angry. That's the worst thing you can say. I'm not even mad at you. I'm just I'm so disappointed in you. What about the biggest surprise before we go to break here and talk to our good buddy, Chris Mack? Biggest surprise at the halfway point. Hmm. Biggest surprise. I don't know. Are there even... There's no surprises to me. You, like, you look at the NFC and everybody's pretty much where we thought they would be. Like You look at the NFC South, maybe you say there's a team in there that's a surprise. But yeah. like we knew before the season started that all those teams were, were bad. Have you been shocked by anything in the NFC? It feels very top-heavy and very predictable to me. I'll say the Vikings are surprising particularly when you look at the injury to Kirk Cousins and Joshua Dobbs and Justin Jefferson being out. I didn't think even with those guys, they were going to be any good. So the fact that they're actually in the mix here, in the playoff mix, and Joshua Dobbs doesn't even know the playbook, Kevin O'Connell's having to tell him the plays like in his ear, 
hey, just drop back, look over the middle, look over the middle. Like the fact that he even got a victory and now he's leading them is remarkable to me. I don't think it's sustainable, but I didn't expect them to keep their heads above water. Well, it's one game and it was against the Falcons. So like, eh, I don't know, but you're right. We still uh, have plenty of time left and I'm not sure if it is sustainable. Coming up next here on the show. You know what? We only talk to people that we like. And that means we're bringing in Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast. It is on the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by GM. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It's a Thursday. Hour three continues when we come back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. Double D, get me going on this Thursday. Metal. I mean, sort of. It's like instrumental metal. Some guy struck a few bars in the recording studio. It's a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Jenks. She's Chelsea. Coming up in just a couple minutes. He's got a new episode dropping tonight. So, you know, we've got a chat with Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast. Chelsea, we were talking about this during the break. Grammar or a a phrase that maybe isn't quite right. And I was telling you that back in the day, since I'm an old guy and I was on Match.com, they didn't have apps back then. You had to go on the information superhighway, go to Match HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.match.com. And I went on and I remember talking to this one girl. She had a Cowboys jersey on her profile picture, looked cute. And I thought, ah, sports fan, cute girl, sure. Talked on the phone. And after the third, well, I ain't never done that or whatever I heard. I was like, you know, just, I cannot. You seem like such a sweet, good luck to you. Best of luck to you. I am out. Let me see how I can smile way out of this you that if you hear something you will correct people on the spot and i bet that goes over so well well there's nothing worse than being in an argument with somebody and you completely divert and say actually the correct tense is the past tense you're saying that completely wrong especially when you're Mm. talking to like police officers and they're like pulling you over for something and it's like no actually you would just say they weren't there, there weren't or something is wrong with your grammar. I'm going right. to correct you. People who have a power trip don't normally love that. I'm not saying all police officers have a power trip, but normally, um, well, in my case, it has been the case. The reason we were talking about this is because mm-hmm. I saw the update on Morgan Wallen, who was complaining about not winning oh, any God. awards at the CMA uh, awards last night, which I do think is kind of unfair. Because Mm -hmm. I don't even follow country music that closely. And I know that Morgan Wallen has been wildly popular. And what he said was, walked in tonight a winner, didn't leave no different. Like, we all know that Morgan Wallen is smart enough to know how to phrase that sentence correctly. But he is so committed to the bit of country music 
that he's going to use the incorrect grammar because don't they always do that in country music? Like it doesn't yes. sound country if they're speaking all proper and fancy like that. We ain't like those people. We drink natty lights from a tailgate mm -hmm. or maybe even some moonshine. I'm angrier than a bobcat in a phone booth. I think I'll go home and sip out of a Dixie cup. I'm like, all right, stay on brand there, buddy. That's fantastic. Way to go. Let's bring in someone who always uses proper grammar. Oh! That's Wednesday Fight Song. You know it. The BeckQLU podcast, which drops every Thursday night on the Odyssey YouTube channel. Host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Also host of the fourth down in the Steel City Steelers spot and Penn State fan. It is Chris Mack. Chris, are we being too, too stringent here when it comes to our, our show's grammar policy? Miss Chelsea, I know what you got against Mr. Wilder. <laughs> he, just, he just upset he ain't won no awards, y'all. Yeah, it's true, though. Do you think he has a fair what? point? Like, do you ever watch no, these award no, he shows doesn't. and you he think doesn't. Mor Morgan Wallen winning a country? Though. But but Morgan Wallen, so's so's Dion Sanders. That would be like Dion winning Coach of the Year in the Pac-12. It, it just <laughs> does not compute. Popularity does not equal like Morgan Wallen in writing any in entertainment. Songs. It does right no songs. But in entertainment, it does. It's not like Coach of the Year where you have to win games on the field. Like, a win in country music is airplay and record sales, right? Like, I don't understand I why they're not correlated. Because uh, his songs are basic beat-type <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Morgan Wan woke up this morning. He shined his KC lights on his trophy case, and it's still empty. Been a tough night. Been oh, a really yeah. tough KC night. KC lights. Uh, he cut, boy cut his mullet for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. So you know more about Morgan Wallen than I think you were letting on. All right. So I guess we'll talk a little football, shall we? Uh, because uh, you're the host of the BeckQL podcast, which drops each and every Thursday night on the Odyssey YouTube channel. So let's talk a little college football. We brought you in with the Penn State fight song, and uh, they're getting five points at home against Michigan. So do you think there is a chance that the Nittany Lions – either cover or even win outright against the Wolverines. Yeah, you know, obviously the story here is whatever may come down for Harbaugh later today, if anything, and whether it affects this weekend's game or not, I don't think, like if he gets suspended for a couple of games and they make him serve the last two regular season games or the, who knows what happens and, and how it will play out over the next couple of weeks, but what it served to do is give Michigan even more motivation, right? Like they are playing the heel now. They are the 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 bad guys. They are buying into that role. You've seen it in from some of the clips from this week up in Ann Arbor. And so I think this comes at the worst possible time for Penn State because they've seemingly fixed what was broken last year in Ann Arbor when they got steamrolled by Blake Corum and the Wolverines run game. They've got the best run defense in the Big Ten this year. Second best in FBS all of a sudden. And I think J.J. McCarthy, Drew Aller is a bit of a wash if Penn State actually lets Aller throw the ball downfield. Um, the one thing to keep an eye on in this thing is the turnover margin. Penn State's 
best in the country, plus 16. Uh, Michigan isn't far off from there. I want to say right around plus nine. They're still top 10. Uh, But if Penn State can force a big turnover and do something with it, I think there's a chance for an upset here. But I think as it stands, this is like a three to seven point game, which is why I think the number, which is down to four and a half this morning, BetMGM, is spot on. Um, They're going to have to hit on a big play at some point, Penn State, to bring this within a field goal and give themselves a chance, though. And I don't know if James Franklin is, is willing yet, even despite the loss in Columbus, to let Drew Aller air it out a little bit and to take that risk and roll the dice because they've played it so safe and they've been able to win with turnover margin. Chris, I asked Double D this question the other day, and I think it's an interesting one, which is when it comes to James Franklin, is he is he's, he's a very good recruiter. He's a very good head coach. Is there a, a ceiling to James Franklin? And, and does he need a win like this to prove that he can be in that top tier, or am I overstating it? Uh, no, I think he needs it, Jenks. You know, it, it's, yeah. and, and this is the last real chance, I think, to get it. Not that he won't be around next year, but we go to a 12-team playoff next year. It expands. Penn State should be competing for a playoff spot annually, more often than not, going forward. This is his last chance to get in in a four-team playoff. And the best opportunity to do that was to win at least one of these two games in Columbus or against Michigan. That means... Tomorrow afternoon is his last best chance to prove that he can win a game like that and push his team over the top. Um, I, I I don't know. If he doesn't, and, and again, I, I think there's a chance, albeit limited, that Penn State can pull off the upset. If he doesn't, then that's going to be a question that we will forever have about James Franklin, regardless of how long he remains head coach at Penn State was. Is he ever going to be that guy? Because he's not, I don't know the next time he plays Michigan and Ohio State in the same year again. I'd have to look at the future schedules. I don't even know if there is a year set up over the next half dozen where he gets to play both of them in the same year. And beating Oregon in Ohio State or beating Washington in Michigan or whatever the schedule sets up going forward into the future won't be the same as beating both of these two teams in the same season. That, that'll be the one sort of smudge on his resume. All right, so let's look across college football and go to the SEC. We've got a big matchup or, you know, a matchup that's made Alabama because they need to win out. Uh, and the Tide are 10 point or 10 and a half point road favorites against Kentucky. Total of 48 and a half here. What's the angle for the Crimson Tide or for the Wildcats? I think we finally got a spot where we can safely say that the better quarterback is Jalen Milrow, especially after last week's performance against LSU. It felt like that performance, the four touchdowns on the ground, was Jalen Milrow's way of giving the entire college football world, or at least those of us that doubted him until last week, the double middle finger salute because he was he was better even than Jaden Daniels before Jaden Daniels left the game. Is he the better passer necessarily than Jaden Daniels? No, probably not. Is he a better passer than even Devin Leary? He might not be. Now, I'll say this about Leary. He's had some clunkers in the last month or so against Missouri, against Georgia. Wasn't exactly great against Mississippi State either. So I think this is an opportunity where Bama comes in, not just with a better defense, but with the better quarterback as well. And so I I think they could have a field day. I think they could force turnovers on Leary. I think they'll shut down any semblance of a running game Kentucky may try to put together. And I, I, I don't want to say they don't have a problem covering the 10 and a half because we've seen the Tides offense have hiccups, but I don't think it happens this week. 
We're talking with Chris Mack, host of the BetQLU podcast. It drops every Thursday night on the Odyssey YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. He's also a host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Okay, let's stay in the SEC. We have number nine Ole Miss at number two Georgia. Georgia laying 10.5 points. Total set at 58.5. What are you thinking here, Chris? You, I keep saying it every week, and it feels like we get a little closer to it happening every week that Georgia might actually slip up. They're, they are a near scoop and score away from winning ugly again last week against Missouri. Missouri in it until, what, halfway through the fourth quarter. Ole Miss is the kind of team that can take a game where you refuse to put them away and quickly turn it around with Quinchon Judkins. And I think he's the key to this one. Carson Beck, Jackson Dart is a wash for me at the quarterback spot. And so I go to the next thing, which is, can Georgia's defense shut down Judkins? When he has a 100-yard game, I don't want to say it's a lock, but it's a lock. And it gives Ole Miss the opportunity to control the pace, control the tempo, control the narrative of the game, so to speak. Back to turnover margin, like I mentioned in the Penn State-Michigan game. Ole Miss best in the SEC at plus eight. Georgia's only plus three. Ole Miss four and zero in one score games. I know Georgia ain't Mr. Wallen, Miss Messenger, A&M or Auburn or Arkansas or even LSU, but Ole Miss is better than all of those teams. If Ole Miss keeps it close, and this is a one score game late, and Jutkins either rips off a big get, big play or they get a big turnover late, again, I, I said it last week and. Everybody's laughing at me because of it. Upset alert, perhaps, Ole Miss in <laughs> Athens. But at the very least, I think we get a cover. All right. So I wanted to ask you about the Steelers because obviously mm-hmm. you're on 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. You also host a podcast about the Steelers, fourth down in the Steel City. Uh, so I'm looking at the Steelers this week. They're three-point favorites at home against the Packers. Here's where I'm at on the Steelers. I don't really want to trust them as favorites. I'm not sure if they deserve my trust. How do you feel about betting on the Steelers in games that they're supposed to win? I think three is the perfect number in this case. If it were any more, if it's the hook, if it's anything, no, I, I stay away. But I think in this case, Jordan Love's been sloppy the last month, month and a half, right? Eight picks in his last five games or whatever it is. The Steelers have perfected the art of winning on the back of their defense. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith getting after the quarterback, forcing either bad plays or inopportune turnovers. I think Jordan Love is primed for that, even if it's just the one turnover like they got from Will Levis late with the game on the line last Thursday night. I think that's what the Steelers' defense does. And you saw the Steelers' offense. It was like one little peak of sunshine beaming down through the clouds onto them. They got an opening drive touchdown last week. The first time in nearly a year they'd done that. So golf clap for them. Matt Canada has actually done a really, really pretty good job the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm saying that, but he has. And if Kenny Pickett, if fourth quarter Kenny can show up in the first three quarters, this offense may actually start to put some things together. Uh, I feel good about them laying three against the Packers as much because the, the quarterback matchup is is a wash and the Steelers defense is so much better than the Packers defense. I agree. That's one of my favorite picks this week. And I love when you were talking about Matt Canada, you're like, he's done he's a pretty good job. That's, you know. you hear, there, I found new octaves I didn't know existed for that. <laughs> that was Mariah Carey-esque from my good friend Chris Mike. 
He is host of the Beck You Up podcast, which drops every Thursday night on the Odyssey YouTube disturbing, channel. Jakes. Thank you. I, I'm so I'm so sorry that you have to be on this show. Check it out tonight. Also host on 93.7 The Fan of Pittsburgh. It's our good buddy, Chris Mack. Thank you, Chris. See y'all later. Sure has been a good time. <laughs> a lot of music references. We went from Morgan Wallen to Mariah Carey. This show's yeah. got it all. I felt bad. Chris came on this show looking for a win, and he left with nothing. Just like Morgan Wallen. Man, it's a tough week. Coming up next here on the show. Oh, let's make ourselves some money. We need to go to the Rattlesnake Roundup this weekend, Chelsea. Best bats coming your way. It's a daily tip for Back You Out, presented by Venom Gems. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. It's the third day, guys. Come on. Closer to the weekend. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Best bets. We are working on those as we speak. I'm in. Chelsea's in. I never know if Chelsea's adding something to the card. Chelsea, let me ask you a question because tonight I am supposed to go to this happy hour. I don't know if I'm going to go. But it's for the Texas X's here in D.C. because there's a pretty large contingent of Longhorns. And I'm always the older guy there. But then the guy who runs the whole thing, he's got to be in his early 20s. He's like, dude, I saw him on Saturday. He's like, you come to the happy hour on Thursday? I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and show up. He's like, oh, you got to come down. We're going to be we're going to be down there at the wharf. We're going to have a great little setting, drink specials. Like, come on out. So I think I'm going to do it. It'll be fun to hang out with the younger kids. Do you ever have NC State events in Nashville, I don't really know if you have a large contingent of former Wolfpack students there. No, we don't. Like NC State is not probably as big of a brand as like the University of Texas. So in short, no, we don't. Oh, Chelsea. Well, I'll reach out, see if I can organize something. My goal here is because, of course, when you have a happy hour, this is when the college graduates come out, right? The kids so I'm hoping to become the godfather of this group. I walk in. I don't really bother a bunch of these young bucks. I say hello. They give me a drink. I say something about beating TCU this weekend, and it's fine. They kiss the ring. I'm mad just with that in the chat, so I had to drop that in. They kiss the ring. I get people a couple of hookums, and then I mind my own business. They talk about pop culture and current events, and I say things like, I tell you what, nobody gave a stiff arm like Earl Campbell. Oh, yeah. You could be the old guy, and that could go one of two directions. Either they're going to think you're really cool and somebody they look up to, or they're Mm -hmm. standing and pointing like, God, this guy's out here again? Shouldn't he be looking at his, like, Medicaid or something? Do you ever feel (laughs) that way? I have, like, an intense paranoia of feeling like the oldest person in the room, and people are, like, pointing their fingers at me. Maybe it's different for women, like especially when you have kids, like when you're older and you're at a bar, when I feel like the younger girls are like, shouldn't Mm -hmm. she be at home with her family? 
And normally I am like, I go out like maybe three times a year, but damn it, let me live. And none of this ever actually happens, but it's all taking place in my mind. No, I get that. I honestly would not have gone, but since the guy who runs it, who is much younger, asked me, came up to me unprompted, was like, dude, you got to show up. So I felt, okay, maybe I'm not completely out of it. But more than that, the important thing to point out here is based on NC State's alumni page, did you know more than 800 NC State alumni are living in the Nashville area and they are looking for a local network leader to help plan events for this very active group of alumni? There's an email address here. Chelsea, I've always thought of you as a leader, and you could be a leader of the alumni for NC State in your own city. Jenks, I'm really disappointed in you right now. I thought you knew me better. Do you know the things that I hate doing? I hate organizing, <laughs> planning, living life by a schedule, answering Correct. emails. And doesn't this sound like most of the job when being a leader of an alumni group like i don't like any of these things so that's mm. a big hell no no i will not be applying to be the leader of an alumni group yeah can i ask you to reconsider there's no leeway here nothing no like i'm terrible oh. at answering emails in fact like our company emails they have to send me them like three times they're like chelsea can you please respond to this email I'm like, what yeah. do I look like, a secretary? I'm not good at email. I'm not good at Outlook. Don't count on me to be good at these things. I'm not good at Outlook. You know what? I'm going to apply. I'm going to say, listen, I'm not an alumnus, <laughs> but I am a college fan. Somebody's got to get you guys going. I'll be an honorary Wolfpack member. And then what I'll do is I'll send an email to you a month in advance so that maybe you'll show up for about 10 minutes. And I'll tell everyone, do not touch Chelsea. Just let her show up and enjoy a drink before she leaves. How about that? But you love emails and you love organizing and planning and doing things to the T. In fact, I think we had a conversation where you were talking about like the organization of your emails. And I was like, God, mm -hmm. we are not the same person, but this sounds like something you would like. Mm, I wouldn't like it, but I would do it. And so, you do a damn I'll good job. <laughs> Well, we'll see, Joseph. We'll see. I'll uh, I'll see what I can get together for NC State, and I'll let you know. Okay. Oh, oh uh, hey guys, uh, there's a lot of alumni here. Um, oh, 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 I can say that better. Mm. Hey, coming up next to Becky O'Daly, Jason Logan. Sincerely, best wishes, warm regards. Coming up next to Becky O'Daly, it is Jason Logan from Covers.com. He'll talk about this weekend schedule in the NFL. If you missed our conversation with Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast and his betting card for this weekend in college football, download and subscribe to our pod. You can find the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. And now, let's win the people some money. Time to place your bets. Chelsea, give me some jingle jangle in my pocket. I like this pick. What do you got? Yeah, if I was typing an email, I would say, Dear <laughs> sir or madam, I hope this email <laughs> finds you well. I always think it's funny when they start off by saying that. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, it found me in the best of spots. Uh, but tonight's Thursday night football game seems like the best of spots for and under. We have seen a trend this year in primetime unders that has been scorching hot. Primetime unders, 22 and 7 this year. 
So when you look at both of these offenses, let's try not to overthink this here. You see the Panthers. You see the Bears. Tyson Bagent and Bryce Young. Is this what you think of when you think of a scoring fest? No, it absolutely is not. And especially when we get a total of 38 and a half, we've seen some totals in the 36s this year. So this number is Mm -hmm. not scaring me off. I will be on the under in tonight's game between the Panthers and the Bears. It just feels too obvious to me. Maybe that's the sabotage factor, but I'm not Mm -hmm. seeing points aplenty in this one. So I'll hit the under between the Panthers and the Bears. Points aplenty. I don't see it either. I like the bet, Chelsea. Good luck to you. All right. I'm going to get creative. I had a good night last night and went three and one. So I'm a little scaredy today. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a two team parlay. I'm going to get kind of creative here, but I actually like it. Here's the thing. My favorite play of the day is the stars on the money line at the blue jackets, but that's minus 200. So I have to find a way to reduce that juice. So what I'm going to do is go stars money line and add it to an alternative spread, Louisville minus nine and a half, hosting Virginia tonight. You put those two together, you get minus 128. Here's why. First of all, I bet on the Stars twice this season. They let me down twice. If they let me down again, I'm done with the Stars. But this is about goalie play. This is about trends. This is about value. First of all, Jake Ottinger net for the Stars, 5-2-1 and one this season. A goals against average of only 1.99 on the road. Also in his career against Columbus, 8-0-1. Never lost. The news, not so good for Elvis Merzlinkins, who has given up three goals in five of his last seven The Stars have won seven of their last 10 games against Columbus. I expect the same tonight. Stars' money line is the play. So to reduce the juice, I'm going to pair that with Louisville minus 9.5 at home against Virginia. The line in this game is actually Cardinals minus 21. I absolutely think the Cardinals can win by double digits at home. In fact, they've won every home game this season by at least 13 points at home. They average 40.4 points per game when playing in their home stadium, and the Cavaliers allow the most points in the ACC. This way, you get the Stars full game money line instead of regulation. So, Stars money line plus Louisville minus 5.5 is minus 128. All right, let's do your bet, QL, five-star best bet for insight, analysis, trends, articles, videos, maybe medical advice. I don't know. They have everything. Download the BetQL app. Chelsea, Please tell me what the mainframe computer is up to. I need to hear the sound it makes before it spits out the picks. Beep boop beep. Beep boop. Oh, we have a very good looking dot matrix printer here. Canadians at Red Wings. Under six and a half. The Donkster also says James Madison at Kent State. Under 149 and a half. Been a good week for the Donkster thus far. Gone four and one using the BetQL mainframe. Let's find out what's coming up next on BetQL Daily and bring in our friend Ed Egros. Ed, how are you on this Thursday? I'm doing well, doing well. Enjoyed the computer noises that both of you were hashing out. Is this something that you try and work on in tune before the show? Or uh, what is it called? That like that little thing you you sort of blow into? It makes like a harmonic. Yeah, the noise pitch finder. Sure. Yeah, exactly. The pitch finder. Do you use those mm-hmm. prior to making the computer noises? Yes, there's a lot of rehearsing going on. Like it's very complicated, and you probably don't want to hear about the process because it is very lengthy. Yeah. Yeah, we do. What have I a show do in is seven minutes. Oh, yeah. 
I just use a pan flute and I just relax a little bit and see if I can get the right tones doing that. That's what I go with. I like it. Ooh, there we go. The yeah. Tone Ranger. That's what they call him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Ed, I have a question for you. We have this Shoot. conspiracy about the Super Bowl logo, and it has been yeah. the colors of the teams that match up in the Super Bowl, and they have it before the year starts. So this year, it is purple and red. Do we see the Niners and the Ravens squaring off in the Super Bowl oh, based boy. on this, or do you think this is hogwash? I, I'm going to call Balderdash, pardon my French here, but mm. I, I think part of it is mm. like if you have such generic colors where there are a variety of outcomes, like first off, the Patriots are red and blue, right? So if you have red and blue in your logo, chances are you're going to be fine. You know, all American, that's cool. Uh, but, I, you know, I think most teams kind of have the same colors. I think this one would be a step out of the ordinary because purple, purple. is not a common color in sports. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Also, I love the difference in geographic locations because Ed says, I think this is Balderdash, and Chelsea goes, this is hogwash. But you're both saying the same thing. Ed, we appreciate it. Good luck on the show. Have a great time. That's going to do it for us on this edition. Yeah, we're bringing everybody together. We are. That's what we do here on the show. It's a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Good luck on all of your bets. Have a terrific Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow morning. Finish out the week at 6 a.m. in the East. Bye. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.